Scripture reading, uh, our first scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Genesis, chapter 12. This story is the, the call story of Abram, later to become Abraham, but this is before that name change, and so his name is Abram. It is one of the more remarkable call stories in the Bible. God says, Abram, go, and Abram goes. And that is the message running through it all. And because Abram goes, there is a beautiful blessing that comes to all the world. Listen now, for the Spirit is speaking to the church. The Lord said to Abram, Leave your land, your family, and your father's household for the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation and will bless you. I will make your name respected and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Those who curse you I will curse. All the families of the earth will be blessed because of you. Abram left just as the Lord told him and Lot went with him. Now, Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. Abram took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all of their possessions and those who became members of their household in Haran. And when they set out for the land of Canaan, and they set out for the land of, Ca- land of Canaan, when they arrived in Canaan, Abram traveled through the land as far as the sacred place at Shechem, at the oak of Moreh. The Canaanites lived in the land at that time. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, I give this land to your descendants. So Abram built an altar there to the Lord who appeared to him. From there he traveled toward the mountains east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. There he built an altar to the Lord and worshipped in the Lord's name. Then Abram set out toward the arid southern plain, making and breaking camp as he went. The word of God for the people of God. Our second scripture comes from the very end of Paul's second letter to the church in Corinth, chapter 13. He's spent most of this letter um, yelling at the church in Corinth, telling them that they better get their church in order before he gets there, or there's going to be some major troubles uh, beyond what they're already experiencing. And yet he ends this, this letter with hope and with these words of farewell. Listen now, for the Spirit is speaking to the church. Finally, brothers and sisters, goodbye. Put things in order. Respond to my encouragement. Be in harmony with each other and live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Say hello to each other with a holy kiss. All of God's people say hello to you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The word of God for the people of God. We have walked together in faith for just under three years. Even if it seems like just yesterday that I visited New Mexico for the first time. In that time we have shared joys and concerns. Humorous mistakes. Wonderful adventures. Adventures like our gatherings at Red Cloud, um, or in the wilderness in general, sometimes at Red Cloud, sometimes watching the night sky outside of Ancho. 
We've had our serious moments too. When we've gathered together to mourn our loss of family and friends who have joined the church eternal and triumphant. When loved ones have gotten sick and there was nothing we could do but turn to God in prayer. We have prayed often for moisture, for the life-giving rains that point back to the resurrection to come. We have turned our hearts around, imposing ashes and singing alleluias, remembering Christ's death and resurrection in community with each other. Indeed, we have been a community, part of the body of Christ, and though our paths now seem to be separating, the wondrous body of Christ is not. For as Thomas Merton reminds us in the prayer that we used for awareness and reconciliation today, God is ever with us and will never leave us to face our perils alone. This has always been true, and yet it bears repeating. God is always with us. When God called Abram out of his cozy home in the city of Ur to travel over a thousand miles on broken dirt and rocky roads, Abram and his family didn't make the trip alone. No, God traveled with them, appearing in many holy places and keeping them safe on the trip. Each place along the way that Abram saw God or really experienced God's presence, Abram built an altar to commemorate the experience. And at each altar he worshipped God and later generations worshipped God, even though Abram moved to a different town, a different experience of God over the horizon. You see, God is always present with Abram and always present with all who worship at all times and places. But though God is present at all times, it is often difficult for us to perceive God's presence. And so, at those moments of clarity when we can see God breaking through, breaking through our blindness and what the Celtics the Celtic Christians called thin places, we can almost see a vision of God in the world. And when we see and experience those thin places, we should stop and worship God. Now, for some of us, these thin places, whether actual places or special times in our life, come regularly, maybe every week on Sunday. Maybe every time you ride past that special spot on the ranch or see an oryx or an elk or even a humble prairie dog. For some of us, that experience is much more rare and yet feels all the more special because of its rarity. At that moment, in that thin place, God's presence is obvious. God's love fills your heart and you feel that all the days of your life could be spent in that one eternal instant. Abram experienced that intensity of God's presence time and time again on his journey. And yet he was ready to continue until the next thin place. 
That's how our journey has been in the Mountain Ministry Parish. Finding experiences of God, finding thin places together. There is nothing more special than the time we spend loving each other and God. Yet, though God calls us into these thin places, God also sends us out to bless the world. Blessed to be a blessing, as the prophet Zechariah puts it. Ideally, we would be bearers of the thin places to all we encounter, so that God's presence is truly felt, not just within the walls of a church building, but in the larger community. Whether that's the community where you live, the community where, well, you drive 100 miles to shop, whatever your community is, God's presence can be felt there, and there are thin places there, too. Now, okay, you Calvinists out there, I see you shaking your heads at me. As my Hebrew Bible professor sang to us regularly, the world is full of turpitude, moral turpitude, depravity, depravity, inherent baseness, inherent baseness. And so the church is not the perfect bearer of the divine image, and the thin places do not constantly accompany us. But this isn't a new problem, and it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be involved in doing our best to bring blessings to the world. I mean, look at what was going on in Corinth as Paul frantically tried to rein in the excesses of the church there. In chapter 12, right before the finale of this, closing of this letter, Paul tells the church in Corinth what he doesn't want to see there when he arrives. Now, he lists these out, and they're just fantastic. I don't want to see, imagine him saying this or writing this in the letter, I don't want to see any quarreling, no jealousy, anger, factiousness, evil speaking, rumors, pride, disorder, sexual immorality, and licentiousness. Okay, I don't think any of us want to see that, but depravity indeed from the song. Yes, there is a lot going on in the world that isn't good. But that doesn't mean that God is not there, that God is not present in those times of difficulty. Sometimes those times of difficulty can even lead us to see God more clearly, to experience that thin place where we had never experienced one before. Also, note that I bring up this list of problems in the church of Corinth, not because things are that bad here at either of these churches. I am not saying that at all. But I'm encouraging you to never let it get that bad. Yet, despite his stern rebuke of the church for allowing things to get out of hand, Paul ends his letter with the section we read earlier. Farewell. Put things in order, respond to encouragement, be in harmony with each other, live in peace. God will be with you. God will be with you. Now in English, that used to be a pretty common farewell. God be with thee. God by thee. God by thee, if you go earlier yet. And... For old time's sake, I'm going to take a digression into the evolution of English and words as we go through here. 
Originally, the sound that we spell th or th um, was spelled with a Norse rune called thorn. In handwriting, which remember books were up until the advent of the printing press, in handwriting, thorn is easily confused with the letter Y. They look very similar and can easily be um, glossed through. That's why people think that signs say ye old shop when they said the old shop. It wasn't that people pronounced it the, it was that that was a thorn character that somebody misinterpreted. Now, about that OO vowel that's in this um, word goodbye, which we pronounce as oo, hoot, or uh, book, or good, as that goes through. That OO vowel was originally pronounced as o, like toe. So most English words that existed before the 1800s had their spelling standardized based on how they had been pronounced before the vowels shifted to what we pronounce today. And in some cases, before the letter thorn dropped out of use. So, goodbye thee became goodbye, spelled just as we do today. It started being pronounced along modern pronunciation rules. Every time we say goodbye, we are asking God to be with thee, God to be with you, praying a prayer for you to experience a thin place while you travel, where you travel, in your life beyond. Paul, despite his rant at this church for how bad things had gotten, still in his farewell prayed for God to be with them, prayed for them to experience a thin place. No matter how difficult things get, if we remember God's presence and share God's love with each other, we can wish each other goodbye. God by thee. For though we have no idea where we are going, we know that wherever we go, God is there already. Wherever we stay, God is there already. And because God is here and God is there, we are always connected through God, no matter where our journeys take us. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. God be with you. Amen.